0: Welcome to The Approach, a microcast where we help you walk with and pray for the next generation. My name is Connor Owen, and I serve on staff at World Gospel Mission. Well, we're continuing our trend during these summer months, and today is another one of our bonus episodes. A couple months ago, John and I had a chance to sit down with Jason Braun and Matt Crittenden from Dad Camp. Moms, uncles, or anyone who's not a dad, don't go searching for another podcast— this will still apply to you. No matter your role with The Next Generation, Jason and Matt offer insights and wisdom that can help each of us as we journey through life with The Next Generation. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Welcome to The Approach. I'm Connor Owen, and as always, I'm joined by... John Reinhimer. Yep. (laughs) Usually I really throw you off there. We're also joined by the guys from dad camp, Jason and Matt guys. Thanks so much for taking time to join us today.
2: Yes. Thank you for
1: having us. Absolutely. Excited. Well, uh, I wonder if you could just give our listeners a little bit of context about what dad camp is, uh, like the purpose behind it. Maybe how long you guys have been doing this as well. Um,
3: just give our listeners an idea of that in case. They have no context of who dad camp is. Absolutely. Uh, Dad Camp uh, started in, in 2006 as an extension uh, of an uh, administrative church called Oakbrook Church in Kokomo, Indiana, that I was uh, a pastor at at the time. And uh, we were just trying to think about ways to just reach the family. And uh, my kind of passion was kind of in the area of, of inspiring and, and encouraging men to, to kind of step up. And uh, I think for any of you, you know, any listeners or for us that have been involved in ministry, we know how hard it is to get guys to kind of get engaged. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we had this piece of property, uh, the church did, and we thought, how could we utilize that property to maybe reach the family? And so our lead pastor, Mark Malin, uh, just challenged me and, and, uh, Doug migrant is the co-founder along with me he was he was the kind of the the groundskeeper of this property he kind of took care of the valley and as we call it and uh i was the discipleship pastor and we kind of just rallied around utilizing that property and how could we reach him we thought you know we've never met a dad that wants to be a bad like we never met a man wants to be a bad father right so we're like okay well maybe they don't want to go to church maybe they don't want to engage with us on a spiritual level or a spiritual conversation but we all want to be good dads so maybe we can reach the heart of a father through his kids and so uh, doug and i went up to a different camp actually in the up of, of, uh, of michigan and we went on an experience with our own kids and for me i don't want to speak for doug but it god just kind of rocked me up there and just said this is what i'm talking about you can do something different um but similar and so we came back and, and uh, we kind of went for it. Started our very first dad camp event in, in 2006. And, uh, you know, it's here we are 16, 17 years later. And, you know, we have a dream now. And that dream, see a world where every family has a great dad. Our mission is to build stronger fathers who build stronger families. And we primarily do that through an event-based um, approach where we uh, create what we think are epic experiences for dads to have with their kids and uh, what we've seen is that um, this is something that dads will come to. They'll come back year after year. They'll bring their friends. And uh, it's grown from just a handful of dads that in 2006 to to where we are now, where, you know, in the next 10 years, our vision is to be in 25 countries and 25 states, um, reaching thousands of, 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 of dads and families. So that's kind of just a little bit of the history, but that's kind of where we're at now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Wow. I love it. I mean, <clears throat> I think one of the things that resonates with me, and actually, I'm getting ready to go to Dad Camp. Uh, in <laughs> September. So, uh, yes. Yes. sorry guys, I'll be, I'm it. be so, warned. Be No pressure, guys. Uh, this episode no may be deleted. So, <laughs> 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 unlikely. No, I mean everything I know about you guys and about Dad Camp, it just reminds me. I heard, I heard a friend say one time, like, you know, men won't play a game they can't win. Mm. Yep. And so, Dad Camp. I feel like from what I know about you guys, and what I want to hear from other dads, it's like, hey, I. I can do something. I can I can get a I win can, under my I belt. That's like right. I do don't that. just stink at this all full time, you that's know. That's right. That's right. And I feel like the world's constantly like, you know, you're terrible at this. You don't even need to be around. Just push the easy button, right? You know. Yep. So, um but before we have more of the serious content, I know you guys have got to have some funny stories here. Early, mm. you know, you've been doing this for about 16 years, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It should be the okay. 17th year. 17th Man. year okay. we're in right now. now. Yeah. So, uh Funny stories early on where you guys were like, man, we're crushing it. This is going to be a home run epic event. And then it was just like fell in your face. Or maybe conversely, it was like, this is the lamest idea we've ever had. And it just was like, <laughs> it took <laughs> off. And you saw God use it. And you were like, I thought that was going to be dumb. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Stories.
3: Yeah. You know, Matt and I were talking about that. And, you know, we, we were thinking, you know, we can't remember like an event where, you know, anytime you get dads and kids together, it's it's a home run. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we can maybe the the programming side of things may not be exactly how we want it to go, or sure. but when you get dads and kids in an environment and you give them space to be intentional, it just has always it's it's always that part's always worked. But you know, we were thinking about um, our our president of our board of directors. His name's James Dix. And uh, he started bringing his kids in the earliest of days and one of our best friends. And uh, so in the early days, we would always play um, with fathers and sons. We'd always play dodgeball. At some point, there'd be, you know, we want to we get after it and, uh, you know, take out each other. And uh, James is a pretty intense guy and pretty competitive. And uh, he had this it, it, early in the early years, for whatever reason, he had the ability to square up and peg a kid in the, in the face, (laughs) every single dad camp. Yeah. Not intentionally. Right. (laughs) And it, it became such a deal. Like we're like, really again, James, really again? Like He's he's making kids cry almost <laughs> every dad camp. That it became we we actually named it the James Dix Rule. <laughs> so like when we're explaining how the dodgeball tournament's going to work, now we actually say, all right, and there's this, this thing called the James Dix Rule. We've even put it created slides, <laughs> the James Dix Rule, and it's just this image of a you know a guy getting just drilled. And we thought about making T-shirts. We, it was kind of famous. He's become famous. Well, years go by, and this will the story just gets this is hilarious ending. James doesn't appreciate that that this rule has been named after him. He thinks it's way over exaggerated. He thinks it's ridiculous that we keep talking about it. he goes, it happened like once guys. And you're like, it, it didn't, it's happened multiple times. But this is about four years ago. So we're well into our dad camp run of things. And uh, his kids are, you know, are older, so he's there serving with me. And uh, I'm introducing the dodgeball tournament and I got James next to me and I'm like, and guys, we got this thing called the James and James goes off. He's like, this is ridiculous. This is hyped up. It's, 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 it's over just completely exaggerated. It's not true, but whatever. He's getting all attitude and all the guys are making fun and we go out to play dodgeball. And so him and I join a game. We're standing on the back line and he's still whining about this. <laughs> he's like, this is ridiculous. Like, how come you guys won't let this go? And he's like, he's holding a ball in his hand and just like with, without any, like he's not really in the game, but he's staying in the back line. He just lobs a ball and just throws it, just throws it up in the air randomly. He's not aiming at anyone. And I'm watching this ball and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And of course there's one girl on the other side who's not paying attention, who has glasses on. And this ball just kind of comes down from the clouds and just right between the (laughs) eyes. (laughs) And James is like, he looks at me, he goes, it's true. (laughs) I can't, I can't, I have nothing to say. Like it's the James Dix rule really is true. So it's just one of those things that, uh, that we've had a lot of fun with over the years. But that was, that was the one, the James Dix rule was one that that came to mind. Yes.
2: um, we have a disclaimer that if you're in a dodgeball game and just make sure James is not in the game or your child's in danger. <laughs>
4: nice. Now you can have like a highlight reel of like slow motion, like yeah. here's every yeah. kid. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That little girl now wears contacts. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I mean, those are, I mean, there's so many fun things. Obviously, when you do ministry, it doesn't. It rarely goes as planned, so rarely. that adaptability is awesome. Yeah, uh, and it's great to have those kind of stories. And in those, so many times too, come the God stories too. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys just have. It's mm-hmm. hard to pick just a couple, or even one. But talk just you know, in these 16 plus years, how have you guys seen Dad Camp? You know, change change lives, change mm-hmm. families. What are some of those mm-hmm. stories? How you see God Jump move? in, man. I'm doing. All yeah,
2: stuff. I'd say um, just this would be more from a personal perspective, but. I started going to dad camp with my youngest son, who's now 11, so about five or six years ago, and Saturday evenings are a time where we like to do some exercises of reflection and thinking about some of the themes of the weekend, and I remember we were doing an exercise that was talking about, um, we all have these voids that we want and need to be filled by our dads. And so us grown men were thinking about what did we receive from our dads or maybe what did we not receive? And so we had two sides of the paper, one side to say, this is what my dad gave me that's really awesome, knocked it out of the ballpark, still use these things today, all positive and impactful things. Then we had a side where we were to say the things that maybe weren't so good that our dad may have passed on to us so that we could look and see maybe take those things off the list as far as what we as dads were going to pass to our sons and daughters. And, uh, Jason tells the story great, but he has this recollection of me raising my hand and saying my papers blank. I don't really have anything on either side. And, and my story would be that my dad from the time I was four years old on was absent. And so, um, one of the ways that God moved in me that night was to show me that, yeah, you didn't have an earthly father to give you these things, but when I saved you, I started to give you the things that you needed to mm-hmm. fill that void. Wow, um, that was uh, something I'd never really reflected on or thought about. And that was a way that, that God moved in my life that night um, and brought me to a place of uh, forgiveness and, Some of the things that God revealed to me that night ultimately, long story short, ended up in me being able to share the gospel with my dad and uh, him coming to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Wow. wow. uh, Incredible. September of 2018. So So, Mm, that's amazing. um, You know, God used dad camp in my life in that way um, Mm. to fill a void and to use me, uh, praise God, for my dad's salvation. And now the relationship that he and I have is. Uh, absolutely amazing. And so that's just a a personal story of how I've seen God move through dad camp.
3: And that's where Matt and I actually met, you know, he was Mm -hmm. an attender that weekend. I had never met him before. He just came to dad camp and, you know, he, I just remember that moment where he just kind of stopped us all and said, Hey, can I say something? Like, absolutely. And he's like, I I don't have anything to offer to this exercise. And then he, the room just kind of stopped and, uh, I'll never just forget, um, just how he shared. Um, and, uh, you know, it was from there that that night I went to the camp, a campfire that, that he was at and I just kind of sat next to him and the two of us just started to talk more and develop a relationship and a friendship from there. And here we are, um, yeah. you know, a few, a few years, a few years later, but, uh, uh, we just came off of a weekend in Illinois, first ever dad camp there. And, uh, we actually had, uh, a former, Indianapolis Colt that was in attendance, and at the end of the weekend, he said uh, that this was the most. The actually said this is the best weekend of my life. Wow! And I said, I st- uh, a friend of mine were thinking about that quote because he has a Super Bowl ring. Mm. He won yeah. a Super Bowl, <laughs> and we were thinking this was the best weekend of your life. You know, this this weekend that he brought his seven year old son. Wow! Uh, and uh, so that you know. Just stories like that that we've seen over the years, um, even from so many wives that have said, "My husband came back a different husband and a different Mm. is is a different father because of of the changes that I've seen happen uh, because of Dad Camp." Um, But when dads find out, I don't know. We've seen Matt and I have traveled. We've been to Ukraine together. We've been Africa. We've been Africa. Yeah, yeah, Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been. He's been to Jamaica. I mean, we've we've done several weekends together. You know, when, when you see dads understand that, how much they matter and that light bulb goes on, they get it. Um, and the, the shift that then happens uh, and how God uses that to transform their heart and their understanding of th- how much they matter to, to their family. It's a, it's an incredible thing. I think it's one of the things I really resonate with you guys.
4: Like we want to invest in the next generation, Gen Z that's up and coming. Yes. Um, and that includes, Definitely. Dads, yeah. parents. Of course, we're uh focused intensely on like, okay, prayer and how do we pray for that walk with them, give tools to help them live missionally and on purpose. And Connor, I came across some really interesting stuff recently that uh I'll let you talk about a little bit, but
1: yeah, it made me think when you were talking about writing stuff down about your father's. Um, have you guys heard of John Tyson?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. So he
1: writes he wrote the book, The Intentional intentional fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm making my way through that right now. And okay. one of the steps is to write a letter to your dad on the ways he won. Um, so that's the step I'm on right now. So I got to, I need oh, wow. to craft that still. Oh, wow. yeah. Um, but it's kind of letting go of maybe some ways your dad did not do well. Right. But then also acknowledging, yeah. Hey, you, you, you won really a lot, well. yeah. uh, whether yeah. I've told you that or not, you know, and another, th- he has a podcast called the intentional family with Jeff Bethke. And they talk about the five levels of fatherhood and from the bottom to the top, so the the lowest level is the irresponsible father, the ignorant father, inconsistent father, involved father, and intentional father. So Tyson talks a lot about trying to get to that fifth level of being an intentional father. You know, mm-hmm. for me, being an involved father is really easy. It comes naturally with the three kids. My wife's a nurse, so I'm home a lot with the kids on the weekends or the evenings by myself. So mm-hmm. it's it's easy to be. Uh, just involved, involved. right? Going to that next level takes a little more. And as we read some of the stats on your website, you know, um, 80% of those incarcerated had a disengaged father. So obviously not at that intentional level, but where we also see is that, you know, when a father is following Jesus, 93% of his family will follow. So we see the value of intentional fathers. Um, Talk a little bit about how you've seen maybe the difference between a disengaged father and maybe what family looks like for them and and an intentional father and what family looks like for them. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about
2: um, how disengaged fathers have such a negative impact on their family. We can also extrapolate that out to their uh, others in their home, their community um, churches, um, our nation, actually in our world, we see this all over the globe, all over the planet. And there's, There's something important to point out that uh, a father can be physically present, Mm -hmm. but still be disengaged. And what we mean by that is you can be there in the home, but if you're not really intentional and involved in the spiritual development, the behavioral development, the emotional development of your child, um, then it's really still an absence. And we share some of these specific statistics in uh, some of our talks with dads, but Um, Poverty and behavioral disturbances and depression and suicide and teenage pregnancy, dropping out of high school, um, substance abuse and addiction. All of these things are the catastrophic consequences, what we call the father factor. When a father is not present and or is not engaged, there's a really good chance, high statistical chance that their children will suffer some, if not even most of these things that we're talking about. Yeah. And yet when a dad is present and a dad is engaged, he really decreases the chances of those things. We know that nothing's a hundred percent. We're not guaranteed, right. but we can step up as fathers and be uh, not just involved as, as you've said on, but in intentional about our involvement and actually really impact in a positive way to try to keep those negative consequences away from our children's lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's easy to think, well, I'm home or, um, I don't go do a whole lot, but you're still disengaged really. Right. I mean, right. even though you're physically there, are you mentally there? Right. And I mean, I struggle with that as a, somebody who wants to do well at work or mm-hmm. it's hard to shut it off. Right. And be mm-hmm. fully present at home with your kids. And sometimes it's easier <clears> right, mm-hmm. to not, to not be present at home because right. hey, I am thinking easier. about this and the, I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a seven-month-old or a nine-month-old now. So it's just, it's hectic all the time.
2: Right. So it can be easier to be mentally disengaged, right. you know? Right. Yeah, it, we found that we, we can be there, but um, I shared with some dads this this weekend event, and dads talked about it, especially if you've had a long day at work. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get home and go, I don't want to deal with the chaos. I don't want to deal with the noise. I don't want to have any conflict. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check out, I'm going to watch this baseball game. I'm going to watch this basketball game for a few hours. I'm going to look at my phone. I'm going to go through emails. Something that is, you know, again, your physical presence is there, but you're not engaged with your children. And um, we talked about the importance of um, sacrificing what I call me time, Mm -hmm. air quotes, and uh, making sure (laughs) that we're giving giving that time to our children uh, and not just checking out for something that we want to do alone.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I know Connor and I, we talk about this. I mean, it's like you guys do a lot of kind of that where do we struggle in those areas? And what we're talking about is relationships, right? Yep. And like, everybody's like, oh yeah, value relationship. But the reality is in North America specifically, I can't speak for the whole globe, but <laughs> we're not killing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like high quality relationships, even though especially in like Christian circles will say that. We just don't know how to do relationship like we once did. And yeah, there's heaps of research around that, especially on next generation on Gen Z. And yeah, Lord help us with Alpha, the ones being born right now. Like (laughs) my kids. That name alone, Alpha, is enough. If I would have been an alpha, God help us, you know, like we don't need that. But um, you know, um Chap Clark used to be at Fuller Institute, he taught Mm -hmm. tons of research around that. Like, there's not as many adults in kids lives like there used to be and then this re- comes some recent research came out of a uh, springtide institute which is just just done at the end of 2021 into 2022 so it has some kind of pandemic-ish uh tones to it and they said one in five Gen Zers they they're not flourishing relationship with friends or family uh three out of ten they're just not flourishing in any relationship with a trusted adult they just don't have adults in their life and then one in five feel that they don't have someone who even cares about them. So while a lot of presses, you know, in HR world is kind of being like, it's the great resignation. I think there's also some pretty fair, you know, uh, argument to say, this is the great isolation we're coming out of. Right. 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 Um, and we probably would say that just like, oh, generally, but I think when we talk specifically dad camp, next gen, uh, things like that. It, it plays a really, really big part. And so, helping change that narrative of what the word of the, what the, the secular culture says of like, man, no, you can, you are enough. You do you, you are the one that all you need is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the word authentic is really popular in Gen Z. And it, it actually means in the Greek, it means write it's to write my story. And so we flip that and the secular narrative is I'm writing my story. I got this. I right. make it happen. Right. I figure out truth and, obviously biblically Jesus goes oh no authentic is I write the story right he's yeah. the author that's right and so talk about some dad came, how you guys are helping change that secular narrative of like it's all about me which is as old as time <laughs> it's just self <laughs> but it's just repackaged it's been rebranded every hundred years right and, sure. and but now today dad came, how are you guys helping that biblical narrative of you know, not the dad who's like, it's my way or the highway, getting line, you know. Mm-hmm. But how are you guys helping change that narrative? I know you are, but share with us some ways you guys are seeing that take. Yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, I
3: think it goes back to what Connor was talking about with with um Tyson's book on the the being intentional. I think what we're really what we hear a lot from dads after a weekend uh, is, you know, I knew this would be fun. I you know, I knew I'd create some memories. I had no idea how intentional it would be and how it was going to set me up to have conversations that I've never had before. Uh, how it was going to set me up to have a moment where I can speak some truth and life into my child. It's going to be intentional. Like I can actually grow this, this relationship that, um, in day to day life is is hard and I've never really been coached or equipped and I feel, you know, as a dad and you just kind of set me up to win. And to allow to allow us as sons, you know, our, our sons and daughters to have, um, you know, these contexts for building relationship with one another. So I think that's a that, that's really our focus is just to help dads yes. learn how to be intentional, learn how to have conversations with their kids, learn how to to build that relationship so that, you know, you mentioned statistics about well, they, they they feel alone. You know, we want you know coming out of a dad camp, we hope that that son and daughter is like, you know what. I'm not alone. I have a, a, you know, there's a, I have dad in my life that, that cares for me that, you know, that I can go to, that I can talk to that, um, you know, we've got, they feel uncertain. I think you mentioned that, John, that they've, that there's that uncertainty. And I think we create spaces where they can talk about life mm-hmm. together so that they can get some of that uncertainty out and those doubts and those questions. and just realize Hey, maybe dad doesn't have all the answers, but he's, he was there to listen and to hear, mm-hmm. and we can talk about those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I heard a, a message a few weeks ago, uh, at, at Northview, mm-hmm. um, that just in this, in, in this kind of narrative really spoke to me. And it was, you know, when, when the, um, when the Pharisees brought the, the woman that was caught in adultery, uh, to Jesus and, uh. You know, they're like waiting to kind of trap him to see how he's going to react, what he's going to say. But they're hurling all these insults at her, and they're, they're saying, you know, what are we, what, what should we do? And Jesus' first response was to kind of, we know that he kind of stooped down and he was swirling his finger in the sand, and we don't really know what he was writing, but he was just kind of contemplating it. It's what it, how we kind of we've interpreted that. And then he stands up in the midst of all this, and he stands next to her, and he, then he he stayed with her throughout the whole time. And then after, you know, he said, well, who, who's going to cast the first stone? And they all start to walk away. He's there with her at the end. And then he speaks to her. And it's in that moment where he speaks truth. I mean, maybe it was hard for maybe her to hear what he, he said, but he, um, but I think the whole thought, the whole idea here was, you know, when our kids mess up as a dad, as I thought it was like, you know, I know when I mess up or if my kids mess up, you know, Jesus stoops down to me and then he stays with me through the mess, through the turmoil. He stands with me. And then as you know, I get through that, then he talks to me, then as a dad, then I do the same with my kids. If I we so often want to just react with our kids when they make a mm-hmm. poor decision, we just want to like just get on them, show that authority or like you know, my way or the highway or whatever versus like, you know what? We need to stoop with them and stay with them, stand with them through that, and then we earn the right to speak to them where they will actually, I think, be in a place where, you know what, dad has been with me, mom has been with me and you know what, they do care for me. And so I'm going to listen rather than just hearing it from a different, you know, through a different ear. So um, I think dad camp, that's kind of what we've tried to do, you know, Mm -hmm. that's create space, you know, for that. Yeah. I would just add that we
2: also really plead with men to push against and reject the cultural narrative of what manhood is. Mm-hmm. We see in our culture, in our world, whether it's uh, very overt or sometimes very subtle that we are told that our manhood is based on what job we work, uh, how much money we make, what car or truck we drive, uh, what the woman on our arm looks like, or if we're single males, how many women are we sleeping with? Mm-hmm. Um, and we are putting forth that Jesus, in our opinion, would be the manliest man that ever walked the earth. Yeah. So if you want something before you that says, man, I want to be a man, look at what Jesus did. He served humbly. He laid down his life for others. He loved and treated others as he wanted to be treated. He he showed us an example of what true manhood is. If we can get dads to buy into that as the, as the, uh, Poster for manhood and live in that way. I think we shift that cultural narrative because then they're saying, "I want to serve my family," and we talk about leading the family. And and like you've identified, John, we're not talking about laying down the hammer and it's my <laughs> way or the highway, right? We can think that okay, God said I'm the leader, so everybody's going to do what I say. But actually, if we look at Jesus's example, it's it's flipped upside down of the way the world presents it to us. If I sacrifice everything for my wife and my children, of course, they're going to follow me. Mm-hmm. They see that I'm willing to die for them every day. And so that's one of the ways that we're pushing back on that cultural narrative is uh, presenting Jesus as the ultimate man and what we should aspire to be. Matt, I think go ahead. I think you guys are also, um, you're redeeming
1: our view of Christ and of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a lot of the times we get our view of who God is based on our own father.
2: Yes. And
1: what you're doing is helping fathers look at Christ as their model. And then now kids are having a right view of who God is, Mm -hmm. if their dad's living that out. Mm -hmm. Yes. So instead of, well, God's an authority figure, who's going to lay that hammer down because that's what dad did. It's no, God is a servant who loves me and who Mm -hmm. sticks with me in those really hard moments.
4: Yeah, that's good. And it reminds me so much. We've talked before, and I'm sure you guys have too, just what you guys are describing reminds me of that that witness or the the abiding, like mm. the John 15 language. It's mm. actually all over scripture. I just missed it for years. <laughs> like it's in Psalms and it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And it gets translated different ways when yeah. you start looking. And another word for abide is abode. So it's like, where are you going to find your home? Mm. What does mm-hmm. home look like? And so if home's in Jesus, I mean, okay, then how does that, change the little perspective of fatherhood and the family including right. moms too we're not leaving them out right. but right. like at all. it just we get it's a team effort but I, don't, I just love how you guys are helping reframe that it's not just do all this stuff too you're you got to nurture your own heart and soul you can't right. just manufacture like okay here's the list from dad camp i do and i mean kids will sniff that out in a heartbeat, right? Right, They'll be like, okay, well, it's fake, you know? Right, (laughs) right, right. um, I I just love what you guys are doing. It just kind of reminded me of that a little bit too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and, and you brought up a great point um, that we also tell dads, you know, sometimes we're not knocking it out of the park. Uh, We're human. We're going to make mistakes, and we're not going to actually live this out perfectly. So how we encourage dads a lot is, you know, resist the temptation to just give up and check out because you're not doing it perfectly. Mm-hmm, yeah. We can start from a place of knowing that none of us are going to do it perfectly. And we talk about a superpower for a dad is your presence. Mm. And And honestly, what we fail to see sometimes is our children don't expect perfection from us. They know better. What they want is us to be present and engaged in their lives. And I've also found that my children model forgiveness Better than me or any other adults that I know. They so literally true. just, guys, I'm sorry. You know, I humble myself before you. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that, you know, to mm-hmm. your mom or treated her that way or I shouldn't have reacted that way. And they literally like snap like that. Yep, it's God, forgiven, dad. It's they forget it and they move on. They yeah. don't hold it against you. And so I think as dads, we can be encouraged with that. We're not going to get it right every day. We're not going to get it perfect, but we don't have to. We have to be intentional. We have to be present. We have to be engaged. And that's still going to have a tremendous positive impact with our children.
1: And we've mentioned moms a little bit. We don't want to leave moms out. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you guys see moms and dads winning together and leading the family together? I mean, we don't, obviously, if dad goes on the journey by himself to follow Jesus yep. well and doesn't have mom with him
3: and hand in hand, it's it's not going to go well. It's, it's funny because over the years, I mean, every year it comes up three to five times. I would say where you'll get this this comment at dad camp, like, "When's mom camp?"
4: <laughs> it, it,
3: it comes up all the time, like, or the you know, maybe uh, maybe mom's dropping off her husband and, and and her daughter or son at dad camp, and she's like, "I want something like this for me," and you know, and uh, you know, our postures, I was like, "Well, that's not our calling," and we probably only, we probably would, we wouldn't be very good at that. Yeah, yeah, um, right. But if someone's is, that's great. But like. You know, with this whole idea of the father factor that we've already talked about, like we live in a world, in my opinion, that, you know, moms are, have been forced to do their mom thing and the dad thing mm. because dads are just failing to, to complement their wife or um, the mother of their children uh, in ways that they need to. And so mom is finding herself fulfilling her mom duties and trying to step up and do whatever she, he, she can from the other side. And uh we try to encourage moms all the time, like you guys are knocking out of the park. Like moms are the best. Like they're the glue that holds the family together. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are the nurturers. I mean, they are they are they are incredible. We just as dads, we gotta step up and come alongside of our wives and our moms and 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 be that partner that that they need. Um, but you know, to moms, I would say, or I would you know, we, we encourage dads a lot, like uh different events about how to like establishing a vision for their family. Well, that isn't done alone. Like, you know, you know, you know, think of that, that stuff through and then meet with your wife and together come up with like, what, what do we want for our future? What do we want for our family? What do we believe? And then you come up with a vision together and then it's, you, you start implementing together. It's not, I do this, you do that. Like together, we're going to be about this vision that we're going to take our family through and getting them involved. And, you know, one thing we've, we've, we've talked about before that we've read in, in different research and books is just the importance of, of stability, structure, and consistency in yes. a home, how important that is for our children, because we live in such an unstable and unpredictable world and inconsistent world that our homes need to be that safe place. Well, that is, that happens with, you know, moms and dads together having a, you know, having a plan to how do we make our home that safe, consistent, like, structured environment for our kids. And dads can't do that alone. I don't think moms can't do that alone. Um, you know, we do that, we do that together. So, and, you know, and, and so often sadly, because I think men have failed to be the spiritual leaders that some, sometimes when we've kind of figure it out and we're like, okay, I got to do that. And we start to, sometimes it's hard for our wives and and moms to believe that, that he's really going to do that because he hasn't, there hasn't been a history, a track record of that. And so I would just encourage moms, if, if your husbands are, you're sensing that, there's some change there to just be patient and, uh, to try to, you know, to try to, you know, try to honor that, that desire of your husband to kind of step up in his area of servant leadership. And, um, you know, I think that's just something we try to encourage, um, because it's hard after years of kind of feeling like I've been doing this on my own. Um, is he really going to do it this time, mm-hmm. um, to give us some grace and, uh, and to come alongside of him and really just, just really encourage him to continue if he's taken some steps in that direction. But we love you moms.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Just to clarify dads leading would not be going to your wife and saying, Hey, you really need to go to mom camp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you do that, make sure you put a GoPro camera on so we can (laughs) watch that trending. But
2: now my wife has joked that mom camp would be sending all the moms together and then the dads are taking the kids and then they're all going somewhere. And I said, that sounds like a, vacation for moms, (laughs) not mom camp. So (laughs) that's
4: funny. Um, well, Hey, I know one of the things we connect on too, um, is just our heart for the world Mm -hmm. and knowing that man, God's heart isn't just for America. It's, it's for the nations and, uh, and seeing that, you know, we're not the center of the universe. Uh, that's God's job, you know? (laughs) And so, um, if you guys want to get in and we want to help you get in those 25 countries by the way too. So <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, do we, dad camp all over. I think there's so many things, our missionaries and global workers around the world would just uh, both personally, as well as people, their ministry would just be a home run. But I know this is a bigger question and, and maybe hard answer, but like if you could summarize, or even if there's one thing, like have you seen like a, like some consistent like trends or something like with dads that just like, Across all cultures, we see
3: blank. He teed it up for you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It's an E. Yeah, law. yeah. It's a lot. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> this, I mean, there's try we, to do a grand slam off of this. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So
2: the the move of God in this ministry, and I've I've been intricately involved for about the last four or five years. One of the things that amazes me is that God has opened doors for us to go into twelve different countries, mm. and what was birthed in Jason's heart 17 years ago as one weekend in Rushville, Indiana now is a global movement. Mm. And only by the hand of God does that happen. And Jason hasn't even identified countries and said, I want to go there. God has brought the relationships and connections to him. WGM being one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Getting us into Honduras. Honduras. So um, in that context, It's amazing that no matter where we go on the globe, um, it doesn't matter the color of someone's skin, rich or poor. It doesn't matter uh, if they have faith or no faith at all. It doesn't matter what language is spoken. We found that every single dad has something planted in his heart by God that he wants to be a superhero for his children. Mm. He wants to be a good dad. Jason said that earlier. We've never had a guy look us in the eye and say, yeah, I want to be a bad dad. Mm. Uh, it, it doesn't bother me. Um, and so we feel like there's this connectivity, like like you've identified, John. God has a heart for dads all over the planet. Not just Indiana dads or American dads, but Haitian dads and dads of the Dominican Republic and France and Ireland and Honduras and uh, Democratic Republic of Congo and Kenya and Guatemala all over the world. We see this consistency of what God is doing in dad's hearts. And I think we see the importance of fatherhood from our heavenly father in the last chapter of Malachi. Those those last two verses, he says that he's sending the prophet Elijah before that great and terrible day of the Lord, and that his preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, that's the last thing the Israelites hear from him for about 400 years before Jesus comes on the scene. So what an impact and what a sort of last words I'm going to give you for four centuries is going to be about fatherhood. That's good. Um, It connects all of us all over the globe. If you're a dad, Mm -hmm. you're in this movement. We're connected.
4: I love it. Well, you may have answered my last question already here, but... uh... Maybe, maybe some guys are slow learners like me. <laughs> <Here and> again, <laughs> Say it you know? a couple <laughs> times. Yeah, but that's awesome. Um, I guess the last softball here would just be, uh, what's one thing you wish every dad knew?
3: How much he matters. I just feel like our culture has devalued how much a dad matters in, in so many different ways. You know, you think about tv shows we watch movies Mm -hmm. and 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 look at how fatherhood is portrayed you know he can be the the comic of of the family he can be you know just just kind of the the guy that they laugh at the guy that makes you know it it, and we dads need to know how much they matter Like, like you know there's this thing that we say over and over the father factor the father factor the father factor um without our dads we just cannot you know this world just isn't the way God intended it to be. The kingdom can't be what God wants it to be. And the kingdom can't grow without, without fathers. And, uh, and we just haven't been told that we just haven't been told how much we matter, how much we imprint and put identity into the hearts of our children. How much, you know, as Connor said, you know, how much our children's understanding of God comes through us as fathers and, or not you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and so that i mean for me and it, i think as matt said no matter where we go we try to remind dads how much they matter and it's just it's like they've never heard this before and when that light bulb goes on because it's in us it's in us it's in that you know i spent years in the medical profession and i would go into prisons and you know i you know i don't care if that it's a dad that's a zero out of 10 dad to the guy that's a 10 out of a 10 dad you know it's in all of us we want to even be a better dad you go know, from a zero to a one or a 10 to an 11 like it's it's there mm-hmm. but we've never heard how much we really matter we want that but we don't really know the impact that we truly do have and so yeah that's a long answer to your question but it's <laughs> good just one. how yeah. much they matter dads just how much you
2: matter yeah i would just add quickly also um, that dads need to understand that they have what it takes we, that's one of our sayings at Dad Camp. Mm-hmm. You have what it takes. And I know that because if if God made this such an important thing in our hearts, then He equips us to be able to be successful right. at it. We serve a really good, amazing, awesome God who doesn't call us to things and then leave us ill-equipped. So as we lean into Him and trust Him, uh, we can be uh, confident that He's put inside us exactly what we need to live this out well.
1: Yeah. And I know for well, a big part of the approach is we are we know that we have to start with prayer. Uh, we, as dads especially, we can just jump in and say, we got this, get out of my way, we'll solve this. But if we aren't taking time to to pray, to read scripture, to be formed mm-hmm. and filmed by, or filled by Christ, uh, it's not going to go well. And That's uh, right. for you guys, right. I, That's I've, right. I've had those moments myself. And I stumbled across this verse that uh, Jason and Matt are going to read over us a few months ago. And it's kind of an image of... Um, what Moses wants families to be, I think, and it's um, mm. children turning to their fathers to look for the old way, for stories of the past of where God has just shown up. So, yes. uh, Jason and Matt are going to read a scripture over us, and then uh, are going to lead us in prayer as we as we
2: try to do this work as fathers. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two, verse seven. Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders, and they will tell you.
3: Father, um, just love the fact that uh, that you primarily want to be known most and foremost as Father. And God, uh, just pray for just all the dads that are listening, that they would just be reminded that they matter so much that you've you've literally given us the same name that you want to be known by and that is an incredible privilege it's it's also an incredible responsibility and one that we can't fulfill without you at the center of and so god we are reminded just that being a dad even being a mom it's a calling that god you chose us as parents to to be the parents of those kids that you've given us. You didn't choose our next door neighbor or our best friend to be our child's parent, but you chose us. And so um, as much as that can be overwhelming, it is, it is just a privilege, and it's an honor. And we are thankful, God, uh, for that responsibility. But we, we just look to you to, to lead us and to guide us so that we can, we can lead well, love well, serve well. So God, I just pray for just all the parents listening as we um, just try to navigate our kids through uh, a world that's difficult, that's confusing, that's unstable. And I just pray that, uh, I just pray for wisdom. God, we're just, uh, we look to you for wisdom, that you would help us um, just discern well and love well, and may our kids just know that we are a safe place. that they can turn a place that they can find safety a place they can find security a place that they can be loved God we pray for um, just this ministry this this podcast this uh, for WGM and for the incredible incredible work and calling that you've given given them and that God you would protect it and watch over it, and just pray for all the leaders, the missionaries that are all over the world. That um, you would just allow them to the favor to to grow your kingdom as you see fit. And so, God, we are just thankful for this this conversation and um, for places like this to grow and learn from one another. And, uh, but God, we ultimately just uh, ask that everything we say and do would honor and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thanks so much for
1: taking the time. I know you guys are both busy. Uh, You're probably getting ramped up for a ton of dad camps. So thanks for taking the time, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah,
2: thanks for having us. It's been awesome. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us today as we pray for and walk with the next generation as they seek to use their gifts, talents, and experiences to journey with Jesus and participate in the Great Commission. Thanks for sharing the approach with others and rating and reviewing it as this helps others find the podcast. For some of our resources, you can see our show notes on our website at wgm.org forward slash podcast.